right, once again, welcome, welcome, you guys, to another episode of the Ball Never Lie podcast. I am one half of your host. I am the coach. Luke Fro, man, we here. What up? Man, once again, we want to tell everybody thank you guys to our rookie listeners, to our first-time listeners, and to our seasoned vet listeners who's been with us since day one. We thank everybody. We appreciate you guys. Make sure if you guys like what you hear, make sure you guys go subscribe and rate what you guys hear. You know, any feedback is all all love, man. You know, we big boys over here. We don't cry about it. Yeah, big facts, man. We love to talk hoops. So, you know, give us suggestions, whatever y'all want to do. We're here to listen. Let's do it, man. So, hey, we here. We finally, we got the dates that we've been looking for, man. We got our season date. We already had our draft date. But now we get our, our free agency. We get, we get our, our training camp going. So, um, what do, you, what do you wanted to start with, man? It's, it's up to you, man. What do you, what do you want to talk about first? We can start with the dates and expectations for the season because this is crazy. Uh, it's a quick turnaround. So I kind of did this with the NFL, knowing that there was no preseason. I predicted it was going to be at least six ACL tears, and I was damn near at the number. It was five in the first week. So for the NBA, and no jinx, but, man, I see a lot of injuries because they're ramping up game speed. Everything is just being pushed quickly. I mean, as fans, we want this. But if you're going to be honest, man, schedule-wise for, for the guys that made it to, you know, the second round of the championship, it's going to be pretty bad for them. And it's going to be pretty bad for guys that's been sitting on their ass. They might work out a little bit, but, you know, NBA workouts and training workouts is totally different. Two totally different things, man. I definitely agree. Once again, for the fast turnaround, it's intriguing for the fans of the game. For us who get to sit back and watch it, yes, that's what we want. But for those players and also coaches as well who have to spend time in that bubble away from their families, deal with nagging injuries that they probably can't fully recoup from, that's going to be one pain in the ass for sure. I can definitely see that. They already said how for those eight teams who didn't make the bubble, they have 265 days worth of rest. Compared to, let's say, the the Heat and the Lakers, they barely get 71 days worth of rest. So I expect a lot of low managing to happen, especially in the first month of the season or so, because ain't no way in hell you're going to tell me LeBron and AD are ready to go full throttle from day one, along with Jimmy Butler after all the work they just put in in those NBA finals. Yeah, and they were in the playoffs playing, you know, every other day, and that doesn't happen if they weren't in the bubble. So that's another factor of them, you know, ramping up their game speed because they're not even used to playing every other day, especially in the playoffs. They usually get two days rest because they're traveling. So it's going to be crazy, but I'm going to put this on record. We're seeing all these trade rumors, you know, all these free agency rumors. I'm going to say this now. If there is no big moves, the Lakers easily repeat. You saying it on wax right now? Lakers gonna repeat without no 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 domino effect, no no paradigm shifts. Without big moves, the Lakers easily repeat. And I'm gonna tell you why. As we watched the playoffs, and we got to see that you know AD was in his bag. LeBron is still LeBron. We already know LeBron takes care of his body, so we're not gonna say, oh, he's aging, whatever. Yeah, he's aging on defense, but offensively and controlling that game along with AD in his prime. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter who's around them, but Rob Palenka showed he could put the pieces around. So if we, you know, move a couple pieces or Rondo and Dwight leave and somebody else comes in, like, 
I think it's really just going to be plug and play. So if it's not a big move, if nobody go goes and gets Drew Holiday that's a contender or a Bradley Bill, like those type of guys that are in trade rumors, it's going to be a dub for everybody else, man. They're going to easily repeat. And when I say easily, I mean that they're probably going to go five, six games in each playoffs and win another championship. It's not going to be hard. They're not going to have a super down year because now LeBron and AD had a full year together. Frank Vogel, there's no more question marks on him. There's no question marks about how to put pieces around LeBron. I think it's going to be easier than people think. And I know each year they're going to add teams. Oh, this team's going to be in the playoffs and they're going to shock the world and maybe topple LeBron. No, it's not happening. Like, I'll give respects to the Warriors. Whatever they do, that might spook a couple teams. But other than that, it's easy. Yeah, man, right now while we're on early season predictions, just to throw that out there, the only teams that I see competing with the Lakers, especially out of the West, is just the Golden State Warriors, especially with what they add around Steph and Clay, because they are they they will add a, a piece or two around them, rather it be with the second overall pick, or if they trade that pick, flip it to another dynamic player, versatile player, because that's what they're looking for. The Warriors can compete with them outside the East. It's only Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets with the young talent they got already. If if they can stay injury free between Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I don't see nobody in the East really stopping them getting to the finals. So those are the only two teams as of right now I see really pushing the Lakers to the brink. But like you said, AD and LeBron, they already showed they are the top two at their position, the best at their position. So I don't see anybody really stopping them in a seven-game series going forward. I have a weird prediction about the Nets, and I was just thinking about it again. What if the Nets get stopped by Boston in the playoffs? Will Kyrie look crazy as hell? <laughs> like, I don't know, yes. man. I just – the Nets, unless they – because they don't have a lot of money, but they do have assets. Unless they make big moves, man. And I'm not saying we're overhyping them because nobody's seen the play, so we're just excited. But – and I'm a Brooklyn fan. But it's just I – don't, I don't know, like – I'm starting to look at the roster more and more and think about the players that KD and Kyrie are. KD does take over games, but he needs that other guy. Like, we're not going to get it twisted. KD had a great finals, but, man, you have Curry and Clay there. Everyone is scared of them. It's not like KD was just killing. So when KD was just with Westbrook, his second star, it was a totally different story, bro. So I don't know, man, and Kyrie hasn't proven to be that guy. I don't care what nobody says. He can juke everybody, but he ain't he ain't winning when it matters. So I I'm kind of starting to get a little disappointed unless I see some good roster moves. And I think that's why they want that third star because without them too, yeah, the young guys is cool, but they ain't go get you over the hump, man. So I kind of I kind of think Boston, especially if they get a big, it might be scary for for Brooklyn, bro. So, with that being said, like you said, Boston gets a big. Do you think they go and make a, a move after – after there's a few names out there. You got Jared Allen. Jared Allen's talking about he wants a big contract. I don't really see Brooklyn giving him that big contract unless they sign and trade him to a team like the Pelicans maybe or someone who has a third – someone who can bring that third star to them like a Bradley Bill. But, again, I don't see Brooklyn giving him that money, so – Hopefully there's some teams that's getting ready to line up and and be able to go after them. And speaking of some teams, man, 
with all the rumors coming around, all the trade talks that's swirling that's around the corner, let's just talk about some buyers and sellers that we got across the league, man. Because again, I think it's going to be interesting now that the Lakers are the top dog. It's always, and again, it's always funny when the Lakers are on top. It, it's a magnifying target on their back, if you ask me. Yeah, even when the Warriors won the championship, like you knew that was a team to beat, but everyone hates the Lakers. You know, every, you know, people wanted to see the Warriors win. They like to see the Splash Brothers. It don't matter who's on the Lakers. Don't nobody want to see us win. So I got a few teams who I think as, as buyers, as those who wants to try to be in that championship contending realm, and just to start out, Wes, I got the Dallas Mavericks. I think Mark Cuban sees that he has a win-now opportunity. Why wait with the Luka Doncic? And you've seen the progression that he has made from his first and second year. You see the young talent that you got around in Tim Hardaway Juniors. You have a Christos Porzingis, who I'm still skeptical on, but they gave him a big contract. So when you give somebody a big contract like that, there is no, we're waiting two, three years down the line. you telling me, you are ready to win now with this player. So, again, they have a few draft picks they can shop. Mark Cuban's always looking to move pieces around. He's willing to pull the trigger on somebody. So I want to see if they can go either get a Victor Oladipo. I'd like to see if maybe they'll go try to get a Bradley Beal. And that's if they decide not to bring back Tim Hardaway Jr. Or even if they want to go trade for Kelly Oubre. He's somebody's name who's been coming up in a lot of trade talks especially around draft time. He's a good swingman who's been elevating his game over the past couple of years. So I really, I'm intrigued to see what they do. And then also as well, out of the, just out of the Western Conference right now, I want to see what Denver Nuggets do going forward. You got Jamal Crawford, you got Jokic, you have your cornerstone franchise players intact now. So where do you go from there? You continue to make steps of progression. You got out of the second round, made it to the conference finals. So now... We're not just talking about just on paper. From what you've seen is you're telling yourselves, hey, we can go compete for a title. We were of game two away from beating the Lakers. They could, in their mind, they could have been up 2-1. There's no way in my mind they could have been up 2-1. But I'm sure Denver tell themselves after game three, the game they won, they were up 2-1 in their mind. So I'd like to see what, what they'd like to do as far as free agency or or the trades go. I want to know, who, who are you looking at to try to, try to – jump themselves into that championship talks. I got a couple teams and you kind of already hit some of them. So you had the Mavs and um, obviously I had the Lakers. We know why they're going to be buyers because they're just trying to get better and maximize LeBron's contract. I have uh, the Nets, but I don't have them as buyers in like big market. I have them as buyers for veterans. So I think they're going to surround that team with a couple more veterans and maybe trade for one piece. But that's why I have them on the list. Then I have the Warriors. We all know, you know, with the two healthy snipers over there, they they coming back, man, and they're going to be a top four team in the West. So I have them as buyers, and I have them as buyers for vets as well and maybe one young piece because obviously this isn't going to last forever. And Bob Myers has been ahead of the curve. So I see him making a cool move. And another team I have is the Hawks. And I have them as buys for vets as well to, you know, um, keep Trey Young humble and level-headed and keep him on a narrow path. 
And if you look at their bench, after they're starting five, their bench, man, it's not even worth talking about. So they need a couple guys that could play and could come off the bench and, you know, take the load off of Trey Young so he's not trying to score 40 a night while putting up 40 shots because he has to. It's not He's not, like, doing it in a bad way. It's what he has to do. So you need a couple vets over there that can help him out. And then the last two teams, they both Eastern Conference teams. I got the Wizards, obviously, because, you know, John Wall's about to be on his revenge tour. I don't care what no one says. Thank you. He's coming back. Bradley Bill has committed to them, even though he's been in trade rumors for the last two years. So they have to be biased because this is their last push to do anything, if we're going to be honest. And then I have the Sixers. Obviously, they just got a new uh, president of basketball operations and Daryl Morey. He is always a buyer, so we can't count the Sixers out regardless of their squad. We already know Al Horford doesn't really fit with them, so we'll see how that works. We know that, you know, Ben Simmons and Embiid don't fit, but it seems like everyone's scared to pull the trigger over there in Philly. I would do it, but, hey, that's just me. So I think they'll be biased to see what they can get on the market for maybe a Josh Richardson or Al Horford or – see if Tobias is worth anything, even though his contract is a little too high. They they have pieces to trade, so we'll see about them. But let's let's get to the sellers, man. Um, Who you got? Because, you know, there's a lot of trade assets. There's a lot of picks being talked about. So who's on your sellers list? On my sellers, on my sellers list right now, I got the Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, we already know. They're trying to – they're shopping their big fish around, and Chris Paul, I'm sure they're going to flip that into draft picks and, and turn those draft picks into other draft picks, knowing Sam Presti. And then they also got Steven Adams that's also sitting over there as well that I'm sure if they're looking to unload Chris Paul, they're going to do the same by Steven Adams and try to get him to a playoff contending team, somewhere where he could be successful. And then I also have the Houston Rockets um, coming in with the new coach of Steven Silas. He wants to be able to play a multiple different facets of offensive of offensive ball. So, of course, that means you're going to have to have some type of bigs in there. You're going to have to have a lineup that's just more than just players that are 6'6 six, six and below. You, you're going to have to have some type of bigs. And he knows that, especially coming from Dallas, how they use Dwight Powell, even how they use Boban. Like, he was a factor in the playoffs for them. So, yeah. I want to see if they're going to be willing to move – of Robert Covington, are they going to keep Robert Covington? Are they going to be willing to move to Eric Gordon? Maybe a PJ. Brooke, the rumors, they're not breaking up Russell and, and Harden after one year. Not at all. I don't see that. And then also, you mentioned them too, the Sixers. Daryl Morey is a, it made 72 trades over his course at, at Houston being the GM. So I don't see him changing anything different over in Philadelphia, I do feel that some way, somehow, he can flip that out Horford for peace. Like you said, Josh Richardson, even though he spaces the floor, I'm sure he's going to be able to flip that to another piece and get another player, hopefully some picks back also as well. Daryl Morey is just a, a mastermind of, of trade transactions. He doesn't care. He's always willing to pull the trigger. So I definitely want to see how that works out going forward. I want to know who you got some of the um, sellers who's looking to, to – to get some players off their hands. Yeah, so number one on my list, obviously, was the Thunder for exact reason you said, so we're not going to rehash that. But I kind of got two different teams that might shock a little bit. I have the Nuggets as sellers, and 
I say this because I think that they probably think that they're one piece away. You explained it earlier. They they kind of had the game in their, their hand until AD made that game winner. So they probably have all the confidence in the world. And they have, you know, they have their big two right now. And they need a big three, possibly. So I see them as Sellies maybe shipping off one of their rooks, which is about to be a second year. So maybe Michael Porter, if the deal's right, or maybe a bowl bowl, whoever bites for that. But I see them as sellers and maybe, you know, selling off one of their pieces and getting a bigger piece because Paul Millsap might be out of there. Jeremy Grant possibly could be out of there. So it's going to be interesting to see them. And then my second is the Pelicans, man. We all know Drew Holiday's been in trade talks. Possibly Josh Hart could be traded. Lonzo hasn't lived up. You know, they need they need money. They have Brandon Ingram, who they have to sign. Or their whole franchise is down the shitter. So you better I mean, go pay Brandon Ingram or Atlanta yeah, will. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I think they're gonna be sellers on the on the fact of the same thing as Daryl Morey. Like everybody knows David Griffin, man. He flips and trades and flips and trades a lot too. So to have him, it's gonna be interesting to see him being there a full year, being able to understand everybody's contract. And, you know, get get the swing of things again. He was out the league for a little bit. So him being over there, he obviously pulled the trigger pretty quickly when he got there to trade AD. He didn't wait that long. Thanks, David. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's a big fact, man. 17, 17, 17. Anyways, my last team, I got the Kings, man. They're going through a change in their organization as well. Vladi stepped down. So he's no longer the GM. Joe Dumars has stepped in as the GM. And if you know his track record with the Pistons, man, he made a lot of trades, a lot of terrible trades, but he made a lot of trades. (laughs) So, you know, the Kings are on that brink, too, of being an AC, and they're going to need help or they're going to need free agent pickups or whatever. So they got to make their team more attractive in my eyes. So I think they're going to sell off something. Obviously, Buddy Hill doesn't get along with Luke Walton. He's been undervalued for at least – this full year, at least. You could say two years, but this full year showed he was undervalued. So we've been hearing his name all summer in trade talks. So he can go. They have a couple pieces. Are they going to pick up Harry Giles' contract? Probably not. So we'll see. I think I think they'll have to ship off one of the young guys or maybe do a signing trade with uh, Bojan. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think they're sellers. So those are my four teams. But, you know, all these sellers and buyers, man, is going to be important when it comes to free agency and the money. So let's let's get to the bigs, man. Talk about some free agency bigs. Man, before we get into free agency bigs, man, I just got to say something, just get off my chest, man. Sacramento Kings as an organization stinks. And this has been sitting with me for quite some time now. They've been they've been able to to get talent, draft talent, and this, and I'm taking this back to Demarcus Cousins' days. You had an all-star franchise player in Boogie who wanted to stay there. You couldn't appease him and make him happy. You guys drafted Isaiah Thomas, who the Lakers should have gotten, who I'm still pissed about this to this day. Picked him up in the second round, found a diamond in a rough. And just trick that piece off. Let's fast forward now. Okay, you get a De'Aaron Fox. You bring in a Buddy Hill from the DeMarcus Cousins trade. You have all these young, exciting pieces around you. And you decide to bring them in with Harrison Barnes. Why? 
And again, you go and draft Marvin, Marvin Bagley III, who I like out of college, coming out of college. Great player. He hasn't shown to stay healthy. That kind of sucks. You bring in Luke Walton, who has the talent around him to be a young playoff team. Again, you you have one of the best shooters in the league coming off the bench. There were times where the game came down to the last minute. Buddy Hill is sitting on the bench, and I'm watching Harrison Barnes take the last shot. Make it make sense to me, please, somebody. I don't get it. Why? And then the Kings can't make Bogdanovich happy. He wants a, a, a full extension. I don't blame him. He wants the max. And, you know, if I'm stuck in Sacramento, I would want the max too. So, you know what, somebody's going to throw the max at him. Rather, it might be someone like Orlando who gives him big money. Who knows? I would take the first check I get that is not Cleveland and Charlotte, and I'm running out the door if I'm Bogdanovich. I really hope he don't get the max. Like, no funny shit, man. Like, he's good. but Somebody's going to overpay for him, and you know it. Yeah, they are, but he ain't max money worth. And if he gets that, we already know this happens every time that an average guy gets a max deal or a big deal. It fucks up the whole market. So please, please, <laughs> yep. please do not send him a damn max contract. I don't care if you guys are trying to get him away from the Kings. Go sign and trade him, but please do not give him a max. Fuck that. No. No. It ain't. He's not worth that full max. But back, back to the program, to the regular schedule at hand. Uh, let's talk about some of these bigs as free agents. And – even though this player doesn't fit the role as a big, we kind of left him off our list last week. Um, Davis Bertans out of Washington. He he decided to opt out of the bubble from Germany. He's a, definitely a sharpshooter. Averaged 15 points a game last year. You can't tell me he won't make a difference on a playoff team. So a lot of people I feel like are going to be interested in him, someone who can stretch the floor, play the three and four positions. But just as far as bigs go, um, Hassan Whiteside, every time – Contract year comes up, he gonna show his ass off. He gonna play hard, and once again, he did that for Portland, stepping into the Yusef Nurkic role, starting majority of the year before he came back, and played well for Portland. Led the league in block shots, was able to put up double figures when he wanted to. Was able to rebound the ball, and he's always been able to rebound the ball at a high clip when he's engaged and when he wants to. So again, every time big money comes around for Hassan, he shows up. Good job for him. Another name I got, and he was. He was one man's trash to our treasure, Dwight Howard. I am 100% on board of bringing Dwight Howard back. Of course, it's not going to be for the, for the minimum that he played for, and deservingly so. He shouldn't get the minimum that, that he just played on last year. So I'm sure the Lakers are going to give him a nice, respectable contract, and I'm sure he wants to remain a Laker also as well. You see how good he has it, the role that he was placed in. Again, I don't see Dwight leaving if it's his option not to leave. I feel that he will stay. In L.A., because, it's, again, it's bigger than the check here. He's played for a lot of money in his career. Dwight's definitely a Hall of Famer. Anybody who doesn't think so, you're a damn idiot. So he's definitely someone I got my eyes on. And then just a few couple of other names I got listed on here. Um, and just in case if he decides to opt out, I don't see him doing it. But Andre Drummond, again, Boston needs to try to do everything they can to go try to lure him over to their side again. Danny Ainge don't, doesn't do anything with his picks anyway, so just go get him to Cleveland. I'm sure they'll Biden take it. They don't want to give Andre Drummond his contract anyway. Um, Nerlens Noel, he was someone who was a defensive, a defensive specialist, someone who's going to set solid screens, rebound the ball. He can fit in that Laker role, just taking the pressure off AD so he doesn't have to play the five so much. And then also, again, 
I see him opting out of his deal as well. JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee is somebody, hey, he got a third ring now. He's probably looking for bigger money. I don't know why. But, hey, if you want to opt out that deal, JaVale, go right ahead. You are making a lot of things easier on the Lakers' hands. So, I would say go for it. Um, I want to know who who are some of the names you got. I got a few more names, but I, I want to hear what two you got in mind first. Yeah, I got, I got some guys on here. Um, and I'm going to just say some teams real quick. So, I have Ibaka, and I have him going. I know we spoke about him, but I, I listen to more noise. I have him going to the Lakers, Clippers, Nets, and Raptors. I know that's four teams, but it's a lot of chatter with those teams. I have Aaron Baines. He had a breakout year, man. Breakout year with the Suns. He played very well. I see him maybe having a reunion in Boston. Next, I have Derek Favors. Derek Favors does not fit with the Pelicans. He does not fit with Zion. So I see him leaving. And I have him going to the Nets, the Suns, or Boston. And we already know Boston needs a big man, and he's the perfect fit. He plays defense. That's what the Nets and Boston need the most. The Suns, if they do let Aaron Baines walk, obviously could be a better replacement. Aaron Baines just shoots better, but Derek Favors is a better rebounder and defender. Another guy I got is obviously Dwight Howard. You mentioned what he did, and for those reasons, I think he either stays loyal, and I'm not saying he needs to, but I've read rumors where he's talking about loyalty and how the Lakers gave him his chance, so I see him either staying or getting a big contract with either Boston or the Warriors. Another guy, the guy I ranted about, I am tired of hearing his name, Tristan Thompson, man. I, w- I, I wanted to know if you was going to say it before I said it. <laughs> Yo, man, like his name is buzzing even harder. I am sick to my stomach. I see Laker fans disputing everything I said, talking about he's a great screener. He can shoot now. Man, do y'all not know game. what the Kardashian cr- curse is? Like, get no. Keep him away from lost whatever. But obviously the rumors are the rumors, so we have to be real. You know, the Lakers, Celtics, and I see the Cavs maybe because I hear he might want to end his career there. So I see the Cavs giving him that bag. But other than that, Lakers and Celtics, which is disgusting, but we'll move on. My last two is DeMarcus Cousins and Nerlens Noel. So for DeMarcus Cousins, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, my bad. So for DeMarcus Cousins, I have him going to the Lakers or the Rockets for obvious reasons. Lakers kept him. He stayed loyal. He was injured, but we we still rocked with him. Then, you know, the Rockets, they need a big. That's very important for them. He's a stretch big. So pick and roll with either guy, Westbrook or Harden, works out. So they need that. And then Nerlens Noel, man, you know he a Rich Paul client, right? You know what yes, that means, sir. right? You know what that means for them, man. Yes, sir. So, Nerlens Noel, I'm not going to put a team on it, but I wrote down Rich Paul client. That's all I got to say. He got <laughs> a better gear. He's good in the pick and roll. He's a great defender. He's basically like a Clint Capella. Like, he's a lob type guy, a baby hook. He's not really a shooter, but... That defense and that energy off the bench for a contending squad is very important. 
I think Nerlens Noel has now found his niche in the league and found his role to where he's comfortable in playing. He's accepted it now. And just to piggyback, we so I got one more name on there. Well, two more actually I want to bring up just because one got hurt and the other one got a few moments in a bubble. But, again, they just flamed out. I got Jalil Okafor. I think he could be a nice offensive piece to a, to a playoff team just for someone who could come in six, seven minutes, go get you a few buckets or so, get you some rebounds. Again, not someone to depend on to get you defensive stops. I'm not saying that. But, again, someone who you could throw the ball down to, who could get his own bucket, that's key in the playoffs when things slow down. And then also, Willie Cauley-Stein. Before he got hurt, he showed the Mavs that he was a nice serviceable big as far as, again, someone who could play the rim, able to defend, also able to rebound, set good screens. So Willie Cauley-Stein could definitely be a nice piece for someone like the Rockets someone like the Lakers, again, someone like a Boston, especially a team like Boston, who's Achilles Hill is really the bigs. If you can go get somebody like a Willie Cauley-Stein also as well, who knows his role, you would definitely be in good hands going forward. Yeah, and a, a name that I didn't mention on purpose is Marcus Saw. We've heard the rumors of him, you know, ending his career with Barcelona. So that's why I kept him off the list. But obviously he's a he's an important big, so if he does, return to the NBA or decide to stay, then we'll talk about him and we'll have our predictions. But as of right now, we're going to keep him off the list because it seems he's leaning towards Barcelona. So that's for everybody listening or wondering why Marcus Hall wasn't a name because he is probably a top five big free agency wise. So we'll talk about him later, but I have a question about one more big and I heard you mention him earlier. Andre Drummond, do you really believe he opts out? Do you think he'll get better money in free agency at this time? During the times we're in right now, no. And honestly, with the way how they have the CBA set up, it's best for him to take the money now that you got. Force Cleveland's hand to to force you out of town. But take take that bag that you got in your hand right now, man. Don't don't do Cleveland no favors. If they don't want you, hey, make them trade you. But you take your money, man. You get what you deserve in this league, damn it. Yeah, and that's that's what I was thinking. I think with all those big player options, I think most of them opt in. But you also mentioned Javel McGee, and I have a special thought about him. I don't think, especially after this year, after, it's really – I feel bad for him because when COVID hit him, he wasn't the same. But let's just say this, man. He's not getting a bag in free agency. I think he opts in. I think he's smart enough to know that he's probably going to get around the same money but he's probably not going to be winning. So that little $4 million, he's going to have to take that because ain't no better opportunities out here unless Boston throws him a bag. And Danny Ainge doesn't throw a bag to guys like that. So if you look around the league, maybe you could say the Suns, but James Jones is there now, and it, he hasn't made really bad decisions yet, so I wouldn't say him. But you look around this league, man, it's not a lot of teams that need his type of game. The Rockets, but... They got rid of all the guys that play like him. So, I don't know, man. I, I think he opts in. I really do. New York Knicks, man, take him off our hands. Go give him $7 million. Bring in championship experience to your locker room. Wow. Let's Actually, let's talk about that, man. So, the trade rumors are heating up. This wasn't on the docket, but we got to talk about it because, you know, it's a lot going on. So, it is, man. It's, it's heating up every – literally every hour. Yeah, so Zach Lowe – 
or however you say his last name, he tweeted or on his podcast, he talked about it a day and a half ago that he expects a lot of trades. And ever since he said that, there's been rumor after rumor after rumor. So let's start without Chris Paul because he's the biggest name. Let's start with Aaron Gordon, man. So there's rumors that he's being shopped around. And there's rumors that the Bucks are very interested. Do you see him fitting with the Bucks? Unless the Milwaukee Bucks plan on running a wishbone offense, hell no. Why bring in Aaron Gordon when you already have Giannis there who almost does the same things as Aaron Gordon but just less athletic because of his length? Like, Aaron Gordon's not a 40% three-point shooter. He's not a lockdown defender. What can he do to really propel your team to the next level? That's how I look at Aaron Gordon. I'm not saying he's a he's not a good player, but where does he fit on a championship team specifically on a Milwaukee Bucks roster as it's constructed right now. That's where I don't get. So, again, Milwaukee is best off trading for a Drew Holiday, even one I've seen as of recently, a Victor Oladipo they were interested in. If you can go make that happen, hey, you go you go pull that move off. But, again, there's no point of having two people play the same position on the same team right now if, if you're the Bucks, That's just me. And that's why I asked that and brought him up first because once I seen the Bucks as, like, the first team, it was so nasty to me. It didn't make sense. But Aaron Gordon, let's let's not get him mistaken, before the bubble, he was having his best year on top of all the guys playing the same position as him. But True with that. Giannis, it, it won't make sense. So maybe that was just, like, a rumor or a regular talk. But if Aaron Gordon goes to, you know, a certain team, that could be a pretty good piece. He's not hes not a bum. He at least going to average 17, and he has gotten better with his shot. Every year he's improved in something. So Fact. I don't know. That that was a that was a big trade rumor. And then like, we have we have Drew Holiday. Two man, the number the one piece. That's that's what everybody wants right now. Yeah, man. We hear all the teams talk about him. So let's both make a prediction right here. I want to hear you pick one team that ends up getting him, and then I'm gonna pick one team. If I had to spin the wheel and pick one team who gets him, I would say it would be the Denver Nuggets only because they have the assets that that will bring in a Drew Holiday. Again, David Griffin has this pick. If he wants to go say, give me Gary Harris a pick and MPJ, I feel that Denver does it. Or if he says, hey, give me Bobo and Will Barton or Gary Harris and another player, he, he you go pull that. We know that New Orleans wants a point guard. He may just say, give me Mar- uh, Michael Porter Jr. and go give me Monte Morris in a pick, in a future pick. Hey, we don't know. So, again, I feel that like Denver has the best pieces and that can fit that that New Orleans may want as far as um, acquiring Drew Holiday. But who, who would you have as that team? I've been going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the thing that makes the most sense is Brooklyn. And I think they get rid of Spencer. Like you said, they need a point guard. They get rid of Spencer, possibly a pick. And I don't know, maybe Jared Allen or something else. But I think that the Nets get Drew Holiday. I almost said the Hawks because of that sixth pick, and they were already shopping it around. But Brooklyn is my final destination for them, not as a fan, just logically the best pieces and all that. 
And like you said, David Griffin is pretty smart. So he's going to either try to milk a team or get his best possible trade scenario. And though the Nuggets are pretty good with that trade scenario, I don't see the Nuggets willingly giving up Michael Porter Jr. plus more because they love him so much. So that's why I have Brooklyn. They do. And then speaking of teams who are who are looking as far as buyers shopping around, I got a two-part question for you. One, who do the Warriors pick at the number two overall pick? And then do they stick with that pick? Mm, uh, I think I think they go Wiseman. And do they stick with it? Only depends if they pick a different player because I don't see I don't see anybody wanting Wiseman that's a contending team or that's a I don't damn that's a hard question I don't know I think I think they trade the pick I really don't think they draft it I think they flip it like they did D'Lo but if they do draft I say it has to be Wiseman that's the smartest pick for me unless they go after Obi but Wiseman seven foot versatile you know, they need that. Like, they've always had – it's not like the Warriors don't play with a big. They play with a big for the first 20, 23 minutes and then go small. But Wiseman is not a regular, you know, stand there big. He can score. He can post up. He can shoot an 18-footer. He plays defense. So, it got to be Wiseman. And I agree with you there. I had Wiseman being chosen as the second overall pick by Golden State. I feel that if you're the Warriors – at least for them, they're not in a position to move him exactly right away. I think that they might keep him as, at least for this year going forward, just to see what they may have in him as a future. Again, I look at him, like you say, he's versatile. He plays defense already. So the way I look at him, he's he reminds me of DeAndre Jordan. That's why I like James Wiseman. I'm always going to root for my lefties, too, as a lucky lefty. So, hey, I want him to do well. And, again, his game was growing, even at the little small, small sample size I've seen at Memphis. He can, he can dominate around the rim. And if you want to compete against the Lakers, if anybody wants to compete against the Lakers, you better have a big who can guard Anthony Davis. Not a four, not a stretch four. You need a big who's, who's laterally athletic enough and who has the size to go out there and guard him one-on-one. Yeah, thank you, because people swore that Bam was going to change it, but Anthony Davis was dogging Bam in the first two games. So, like you said, please go get a real big and come correctly because I'm not playing with y'all. I'm not hearing no excuses. Come with a real big, man. <laughs> they need a big, simple as that. Especially, I, and I, I say that with just anybody in the West or anybody that's competing for a championship because clearly we've shown the guards, our Achilles Hill were guards, and look what happened. A lot of teams with best guard combos got shut down and who was the teams that they couldn't answer it was us we had the we had the size size matters around here in the league all right again small ball is dead better go get you a big if you want to go get that shit yeah man and the last trade rumor is obviously chris paul and let me say this first because everybody went crazy kendrick perkins is not an nba (laughs) insider man so him saying 85 percent sure chris paul is a laker means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Like, I'm going to leave him alone, but I don't know why people took that and ran with it like he's Woj or Shams 
or Zach or any of those guys that have real inside information or that are usually accurate. He literally just says what he wants and thinks it makes sense. And then like, all right, like, nah, bro, we're not doing that. So I'm going to make my prediction like I did with Drew Holiday. And I'm going to say that Chris Paul somehow ends up in Miami. And I say that because Lakers, Lakers is it's either not enough pieces or or Rob Lincoln isn't dumb enough to give up too much for an aging guard, like you said. Miami, you know, they're in a win now, but they also have pieces where they can make a trade and still be okay. So I have to go Miami and maybe they trade Tyler Hero and something. I think they keep Bam. So I have to go Miami. Who you got? Like I said, I think Miami would be a, a a great trade destination. He's on my my top two list, literally two for Chris Paul. I got him, and I also have – well, actually, I got three. I got him, um, one that i seen today that I didn't really talk about much in my, in my group chat, but i seen it a little bit. Phoenix Suns. I think James Jones will pull that trigger. He will go give up a Ricky Rubio. He'll give up maybe Dario Saric, Cam Johnson if he has to. I think he might sacrifice that piece in order to show Devin Booker we want you to stay because – the rumor's already out there. He wants to leave Phoenix. You, If you go bring in a Chris Paul now and show how far deep you can go with a, a growing DeAndre Ayton and with the talent that that Devin Booker has, and let's say if you do hang on to a Kelly Oubre, that's a, that's a nice team who can make some noise in the playoffs right there. And then third option for me would be Milwaukee Bucks. If you have any chance of signing Giannis to a long-term extension – I feel as if you have to go, you have to go make that Chris Paul deal and say, hey, he's here. We're here to win it all. And again, Chris Paul is that floor general who takes so much pressure off Giannis, where he's going to put him in better situations to, to score. We've seen in clutch moments, Chris Paul took over the game, damn near every game that they that they were in it against the Houston Rockets in that seven game series. And he was the best player and, and the best offensive player going in those last two minutes. And that's something that Milwaukee needs. And also Milwaukee just needs better offense. That's another subject for another day. I put that on Coach Bud. But in order to do that and make that happen, I feel as if you got to go get Chris Paul. Eric Bledsoe clearly showing he's not the answer. George Hill, don't get me wrong, good piece. But he's not one that's going to make that, that difference of putting you over the top and getting you to the finals or getting to the conference finals now in Milwaukee's point. I'm going to say this now, and I really feel this in my heart. Phoenix don't get that deal done without trading Kelly Oubre. I don't, I don't know why I feel that way, but I think that's the perfect piece to have going forward with OKC, you know, Shea, Kelly Oubre, and whoever else they decide to keep. I think they trade Dennis over there too. We, had, we didn't really talk about him, but – I think he finally gets traded as well. But Kelly Oubre has been in, you know, big deals. So I don't see why Sam Pressy would, you know, just take Cam Johnson and something else. Rubio was a good piece too, but money-wise it makes sense. But everything else don't make sense. I, th- I think Kelly Oubre has to be in that deal. And like you said, I do, I do think Phoenix pulls the trigger somewhere. I don't know if it's Chris Paul, but – 
I think I think Phoenix pulls a big move off, and I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it's going to be a big move in my eyes. I think Phoenix is definitely they shown they want to speed up that that talent that they have just a little bit because again they're only what game out of the play in the playing game situation and again NBA has already talked about having teams um, that are seated seven through ten playing those playing rounds so again that could be the difference of you making it to the playoffs right there or upsetting a team inside the uh, seven game series so that's going to be really interesting to see I can't wait man the Free agency is like musical chairs, so this is great. I love it, and especially now with the window between draft time and free agency that we have. I believe that we see a lot of NBA draft trades that are going to get done also as well. And speaking, yeah. on, speaking on the NBA draft, man, I'm going to tell you right now, this probably might be the most craziest, wackiest, wildest NBA draft that we've had dealing with the uh, circumstances that we're under, dealing with COVID. We didn't have a March Madness going into this this year. And I love watching March Madness, man. I love guessing the upsets, betting on the um, the upsets. Hey, man, that that's a fun time, man. Just as much basketball as we can get, man, especially during March, it's a hell of a time. But we missed this. We missed it this year, and it missed – I'm – more upset because it didn't give the platform to a lot of players to be shown to those who aren't hoop heads. So a lot of people are looking at this draft. They only know about the top three names, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman. So again, we're here to let y'all know, Hey, there's some more names out there to be to that. You hit, you should have your ears out for your team to be looking for depending on the fit. So we're not going to do the whole mock draft only because, Hey, we don't know if the, your team is going to keep the pick or whatnot. So what we'll do is I'm just going to ask a question. Who do you think goes number one overall in the draft? No matter who who has the pick, who do you think goes number one? I mean, you can't say that without saying who gets the pick. But if, if it's the Timberwolves, I think they got to take Anthony Edwards. They have to. LaMelo yeah. is – he's kind of the same as D'Lo, as in, like, he's a combo guard. He's not really a – well, he's a better facilitator than he gets credit for, but True. Anthony kind of just fits better to me. So it has to be Anthony Edwards. But I don't I don't know, man. I, it's so hard for me to just think the Timberwolves are going to just, you know, draft him and not make any trades or anything. Right. I don't know if I'm trade crazy right now because the window's about to open. That we did not mention, the window is opening for trades very soon. I think it's either the 12th or the 16th. And with that window opening, man, I, I think we, we get some crazy news, especially because, like you said, there's new rules. There's playing tournaments and all that. I think teams are going to get eager, man. I, I don't know if he goes first. Who, who you got? As the draft order is right now, and I, I have Anthony Edwards, I even have him going number one overall only because – that teams have seen Anthony play in the U.S. They didn't see LaMelo play in the U.S. My number one pick if I was a GM would be LaMelo Ball, only because I've seen him play in person. He's, again, six seven six eight point guard. You can't teach that high. His vision is, is just like his brother's. Again, he can make players better. He's a flash, a flashy point guard with the passes, but, hey, those passes get there. And, again, he's getting better. His offensive game – has gotten so much better. He's not the the point guard who just crosses half court, chucks up the half court shots again. 
yes, he can make them. Don't get me wrong. But again, his game is evolving. And I feel like he's going to be a superstar in this league. But I think teams are going to go with a safer bet in Anthony Edwards because we've seen what he did at Georgia. My only concern with Anthony Edwards is he got so disengaged so many times when I would watch him in conference play in the SEC, maybe because he was with Georgia and maybe he was just going through the motion of just getting me to the NBA draft already. But again, he can score. He has the NBA body. That's not a problem. I think he may come in and put up 20 a game, but it's what else that he can do overall. Is he going to make his teammates better? Is he going to play defense? Again, is he always going to be engaged at all times? So that's my only thing with him, but I won't be surprised if we may randomly hear a team like the Washington Wizards that say, hey, you got to give us the number one overall pick and then some in order to get Bradley Bill. Because it said Minnesota says they want to bring in someone who's who's a pro, who's ready to win now. Not saying Anthony Edwards isn't. So again, it's gonna be interesting to see, man. I wanna I wanna know if Minnesota holds on to that pick beyond the first day and into the new season. Yeah, and, you know, I've been saying this. Anthony Edwards and his, like, situation reminds me of John Morant. Like, he's not the big name. He kind of crept up at the end of the season as the number one pick. If you're a hoop head, you know who he is. But it's not like that's just everybody's number one overall consensus. It's always been LaMelo or James Wiseman. And at times it was R.J. Hampton before he slipped. So, (laughs) Anthony – yeah, I know. So, Anthony really, like – like you said, he might come in and average 20 or maybe 18. Like, he he has that same effect as John Morant. He's a slasher. He's a dog. Like, he's been compared to Donovan Mitchell and Dwayne Wade. That's that's pretty good comparisons. So, we'll see. I hope he goes number one. But I want to ask you, and I'm going to tell you my favorite, but your, who's your favorite in the draft? BBB. LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball baby. I mean, again, maybe it's because, you know, we got to see him play at the Drew League a couple times, man. But I just love the excitement he plays with. I love the energy he plays with. He can control the offense. We've seen it. He's one of my favorites. And also another favorite of mine, just from an exciting standpoint, Obi Toppin. I love Obi Toppin. I watched him the past couple years. A lot of people, his name became a household name this past season in college basketball. But watching the year before, you can see the growth over there at Dayton. Again, he, he reminds me of a young Amari Stoudemire as far as he can move up and down the court very fluidly. I would say his jump shot right now is better than what we've seen um, Amari's coming in on because the game has been has been changed drastically from when Amari was playing till now. It's kind of like when you're at Obi Toppin size, a lot of teams want to see if a big can make that jump shot rather if you can move, have a post move now, which is asinine to me, but Whatever, that's another story for another day. However, those two are my favorites as far as it's who 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 jumps out on my screen. So so who are some of your favorites that's coming into the draft? Like you said, man, Obi's my favorite. But I'm gonna jump out the window just like I did, you know, a couple years ago. I'm riding with the foreigner. Denny, baby, I'm riding with the foreigner, and I'm gonna tell you why. The man of mystery, please talk to me. Man, I said this with Luca. He was playing with grown men. That foreign hate is obviously out the window now. We have to stop. Oh, he's a foreigner. He's not going to make 
the foreigners damn near run this league. Everybody's favorites that's not, you know, from Los Angeles are the foreigners. Luca, joking. Like, they go crazy over them. So Yikes. why is it so, why is it so, like, complicated to understand that Denny is coming from a grown man's league that's overseas that's possibly the third best league after China. He's balling. Luca did the same exact thing, and it was so much hate. It was so much, I don't think he can do it. He got drafted after Marvin Bradley, Bradley, and I'm not even hating on him, but that was the dumbest shit ever. The Kings should be <laughs> where the Mavs are now. Like, come on. I'm, I'm done with it. So I'm going to jump out the window, and you know I love to do this because I love to prove people wrong. Denny is one of my favorites because he's 6'8", or 6'7", however you want to play it. He's a scorer. And most importantly, he wasn't playing in college. He was playing against grown men, and he was putting up the same numbers as Luka. He was playing like Luka. He's a facilitator and a scorer. And he has an NBA body. He's 6'8". It's not like he's 6'2", 6'3", some little point guard that nobody really believes in. Because, yes, the point guards as foreigners have not really panned out. But the forwards are the ones that always make it. And if you look at the body size, you look at his gameplay, I'm not saying he's the next Luka, because that's the story that everybody's trying to run with, but he is, in a sense, like Luka coming into the draft. So I'm riding with him and Obi. And obviously, I love Cole Anthony. I I want to – this is where I, I kind of wanted to get at when we started talking about Cole Anthony. I know you've seen Olin's um, comment about, you know, posting Cole Anthony, kind of getting dogged by Kevin Porter. So I'm not going to shit on the trainers, but let's talk about um, incoming draftees and how that hurts them, because I totally agree with his statement. So if anybody doesn't know, Kevin Porter and Cole Anthony were having a one-on-one with Chris Brinkley. He posted it. But if you watched it, it was a minute full of Kevin Porter dogging the shit out of Cole Anthony. <laughs> Giving him and a that, workout. Yeah, and that, to me, hurts his stock because that's an NBA guy. Kevin Porter Jr. isn't, like, a big name, but he's obviously, you know, a slept-on name. But still, if he's getting dogged by him, what do you think GM's going to think? Damn, he can't play at all in this league if that's the guy that's dogging him because that was a rookie a year ago. So how do you feel about that? Because I was really strong about this, and I'm adamant about, not keeping the workouts, like, on the low, but, like, give those dudes the privacy or if you want to hype them or whatever, do that in private and, you know, post that after the draft so it doesn't hurt they stop. No, nah, I mean, I definitely co-sign and agree with you there, man. You can't – you're hurting someone like Cole Anthony's draft stock. First of all, someone who didn't – who wasn't able to play the whole season, who didn't have the college success – that he was looking forward to and that many college, many scouts was looking for him to have. So fast forward, again, small sample size again from the season. So when GMs and scouts are looking at this small sample size of film, like you said, they're looking at him like, damn, if he can't guard him, what is he going to do against a starting point guard in the NBA? Or even now some of the, the backup point guards that are in the NBA. It's a black eye that looks bad on him. Again, like you said, I hope I want to see something if both of them are going back and forth at each other one on one where you're showing the upside that Cole Anthony can't provide. But again, you can't you can't go out there and show show get and humiliate, humiliate that man like that, man. That, that ain't right. That, that's how I felt about it going forward. Cause Cole Anthony is still one of my favorite players in the draft. But again, 
we seen his draft stock be, being hurt. He was someone who was talked about as a lottery pick who is now in the in the twenties. So yeah. that that's tough, man. He possibly could go second round now. I'm gonna be honest, and it hurts because, like you said, he started off. What were they eight and zero? Like he was doing very well for UNC when it first started, and then he got hurt. So we'll move on from him. But man, that that's a sad story. But I tweeted this a while ago because I, I wanted to put it out there before his name gets big. Devin Dawson from Kansas, man. 6'2", pure score, averaged 18. He needs to work on his three. But, man, at guard, point guard, he's very, very good at scoring, and he's literally excitement, man. Like, I've he's been hearing his machine. name. Huh? He's a scoring machine for sure. Yeah, I've been hearing his name move up in the ranks, and I, you know that hurts because I want to. I want him at twenty eight, but him and Desmond Bain have been moving up, man. That's the and name who's been who's been who's been keeping me up, man. Who's been making me do my research? Yeah. I, I like Desmond Bain a lot, and it kills me because I remember in the earlier pre draft pre mock drafts, I'm saying, oh, okay, the Lakers can get their hands on him, or at least hovering around that twenty eighth pick, twenty fifth. I didn't seen this man shoot up to twenty to Miami. So you give somebody like that to Miami, they are definitely be willing to pull the trigger on a Duncan Robinson, ex Drew Holiday or Chris Paul. So again, man, and for those names who are slept on, you mentioned two names right there: um, Desmond Bain out of TCU, someone who can it was a flat out shooter. Devin Dawson is another person who can go out there score his own buckets. Um, I got a couple names also as well from the guards' perspective. Um, Killian Hayes, the guard that's coming out of France. I watched yeah. a little. I watched a little bit of him. It's someone who's fast with the ball, someone who's explosive. I like what he could do with the ball in his hand, especially in transition. He could play both guards' positions, so someone who's interchangeable. He could definitely make uh, someone's team a nice franchise. Definitely a nice plug and play piece going forward. And then also, as far as the guard position, I got um, Tyrese Halliburton, point guard out of Iowa State. I like him a lot. Also, he, he brings length, plays defense as well. A funky jump shot form, but then again, I'm looking at how what's the end result of it, and he's knocking shots down. And so far, my best comparison to me for him is he is what that push the ball pace, get everyone involved, lengthy score type player. So he's someone I want to see going forward where he might end up in a draft. I, I'm seeing him creeping around the top 10 now. So I watched a little bit at Iowa State, and I like what Iowa State has done. And, again, for those who forgot, Taylor Horton Tucker came from Iowa State, and he's the youngest NBA champion, man, and who's someone who's shown that he can who can contribute right now on the NBA level. He did in the second round against guards like James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So – Again, Iowa State got a nice farming system up there as far as their guards go. Yeah, man. And, you know, back to Desmond Bain a little bit. Yo, he shot 44% from three. And the year before that, he shot 43%. So he's a shoot, like you said. And I want to talk about Kalen Hayes, man. I'm going to put this PSA out there. And I'm begging, bro. New York, stay far away from him. Please don't ruin another uh, Thank corner's you. career. Because Frank came in supposed to be hot and y'all ruined it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to blame Frank. I'm blaming New York Knicks. 
So please don't ruin this young boy's career because, like you said, I did my research. I was watching him. His name kind of popped up early. So I watched him a little bit. Like you said, he's he's uh from France. So it's harder to watch their games, but you go watch highlights or read up on it. And I, I like him, man. I, I don't want to see him fail. So please stay away. But I'm going to get to my most slept on, but the best defender in the draft to me. And that's Patrick Williams from F- FSU. He's 6'8". He's literally a 3 and D. And as I was doing my research on him a little more, because I did watch him a little bit, but as I did my research a little more, I've been seeing that, you know, the Pistons possibly could take him at 7. They're really intrigued by him. They love his grit and grind. His wingspan is pretty, you know, crazy. It's not bigger than Desmond Baines. Desmond Baines' wingspan is crazy. 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 But Patrick Williams, man, he's literally – what the league loves right now, a three and D, and like I said, he's six eight, so they possibly could move him to small forward, power forward. So I'm interested to see him. That fit also know. because he fits he fits Dwayne Casey's profile. He's good, like you said, a grit guy, three and D. He's not going to be out there. He's not going to be afraid to go out there and defend the best wing defender out there. And he's able to switch on and guard multiple positions. So that's definitely huge going forward in the league. Now you have to be able to show. You can guard one through four or two through four, depending on your position out there. Yeah, and that's why I was I was falling in love with what I was watching and what I was reading, other than you know, typical mock drafts because mock drafts have him a little lower. But him and Desmond Bain are the ones that are really creeping into that um, lottery pick. But I want to ask you a question before we get off the draft. Where do you see Cassius Stanley being drafted? Because, like I said, we talked about him before a little bit. Everybody loves him, man. He is a winner, but he's undersized. And this last year of him staying, he should have left the year before, but this last year kind of ruined his stock. Do you still see him going first round? I don't see Cassius Stanley going first round, only because, again, we're playing in the league now. Don't get me wrong. His athleticism and his upside is crazy. I believe any team that gets his their hands on him, he's going to be a player you may stash for a year just so he can you can see the growth in him. He can get better. I just don't see him as a first round pick as of right now, only because a lot of teams, a lot of teams are at least they see themselves in win now mode. I don't see Cassie Stanley stepping in right away on the NBA floor that's going to contribute offensively, not the defensive side, because, again, his athleticism is there to, to guard anyone. As far as on the perimeter, offensively, his game has to continue to grow as far as his jump shot. And it's already made a lot of strides. But again, I feel like he'll be an early second round pick. Still someone that we'll see be a rotation player early in his in the first year of his career. But I see him more of a, a second round pick. But one player whose name keeps rising, who I just recently seen as far as being the top five pick. And I'm not mad at this at all. My man... Onyeka Okongu out of out of SC, the big O, man. We 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 spoke about his name already a couple of times, man. But I'm excited. I want to see him go somewhere, not named New York Knicks. I want to see maybe if Chicago can get their hands on him and you ship away a Larry Markkinen because he's not doing anything for you. I won't mind him seeing there. And another team I think who will be in a, a better situation as far as their win-now mode with with their players coming back, the Washington Wizards, I think if you, if you plug him in with a, a Brad Bill and a John Wall, he's someone who's going to contribute right away to that roster. I like 
I like him a lot coming out of USC. Yeah, that's that's one of the favorites as well. Him and James, James Wiseman is the best bigs, and it's not like they're far off from each other. They're pretty close in comparisons and when you, like, break down their stats and all that. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I had this con- comparison that I've been thinking about for a little while. Trey Jones and Aaron Holiday. And I'm going to say why. So Aaron Holiday, like you said, with Cassius Stanley, was undersized. He could score, but it was kind of questionable to see how he would do in the league. And I did. I'm going to be. I'm going to admit it. I doubted Aaron a little bit because of his size. But after seeing him play and being able to, you know, plug him in with the Pacers, which was a winning team, I'm not going to do the same thing with Trey Jones because I really was going to have Trey Jones either going late second and not really panning out to be anything. But now seeing Aaron Holiday and how he was able to win on on a higher level, Trey Jones is a pure winner. He's a pure point guard. It's not like he's a combo guard that doesn't know his role. He's a pure point point guard. So I got to respect him, and I'm a – I'm going to say that he's going to have the same impact as Aaron Holiday. Depends what team he goes to, but he's going to have an impact. That's not a bad, that's not a bad name at all. Another one who I'll bring up as far as like that small guard who I had written down. A lot of people probably don't know his name. I don't expect him to know his name. Um, Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State. I was able to watch him early. And those who keep up with college basketball, San Diego State was on a roll this year. They had they had some nice talent. They were in the AP top 25 for a long time in the season. And he's someone who, again, who's probably like around 6'1", maybe, maybe 6'2". But he can floor general out there, knocks down three-point shots. I like his game. He's tough. He can get to the rim, not afraid to get to the basket, and can finish at the basket, which is most importantly for me. So, again, Malachi Flynn's another person who fits that mold as far as a small guard, but again, can get his own bucket and is a nice shooter also, by the way. So that's a name to look out for. And then I'm going to just reel off a couple notable names just to, for people to hear out for. Um, Tyrese Maxey, I think he may float to somebody like a Dallas. Dallas has what about two, three first round picks. I believe, I believe if Dallas can get their hands on him, as far as one of the, one of those picks, he'll be a good piece for them to going forward in the future. And then also another name, another couple of names I have. Um, I got Jordan, Jordan Nora um, out of Louisville. He was someone who put up 17 points a game. A lot of – they have him projected in the second round. So, again, if you're looking for a diamond and a rough player, I think Jordan Nora is someone who is definitely nice going forward. Again, someone who got to work on their defense at that level when you're defending twos and threes, especially nowadays, as he's going to have to. He, he's still going to be nice going forward just because of his length, athleticism, what you do on the offensive end. And then I got a sneaky name that a lot of people I'm positively can tell you do not know about. This man goes by the name of Jay Scrub. And a lot of people are probably like, who the hell is Jay Scrub? Jay Scrub is coming out of a junior college who is in the NBA draft. All right. I'm telling you all now, nice athletic player, a nice smooth handle, Lefty can score. I watched a lot of his films, seen a couple of his workouts. Jay Scrub is a name that I hope a lot of people can get familiar with because if his names come off the draft board, a lot of people are going to say, who, how the hell did he get drafted from a JUCO to the NBA? That man got some skill over there. I'll tell you all that right now. Was that that viral video where he, he was going to open runs and dogging people? 
Yeah, I know he was at the Julie. He went to the Julie and got his buckets off. I think okay, he yeah, one of those viral videos. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I remember they were like hyped up about him, like you said, coming from a JUCO. But what about um, old boy from Villanova? His last name's like Bay, I think. Sadiq Bay. Yeah, I actually there we go. I actually have him on my list too. I want. I'm. I think a perfect fit for him in particular would be Portland. Only because if you, Portland can let, let's say they let Carmelo go. Carmelo goes inside somewhere else. You got Rodney Hood coming back. He is someone who can also, as a 3 and D guy, perfect plug and play in for that Terry Stotts system. And I like how Terry Stotts, how they evolve their wing players and their guard perimeter oriented players. Again, we've seen just how, what he's done with CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard with his time there, Rodney Hood. And, yes, we did see that Rodney Hood had talent with Utah and Cleveland, but we didn't see him fully show what his full capabilities could be. I thought he was able to show that with Portland. And then Anthony Simons and Gary Trent, just to be a more of a recent stories, we seen Gary Trent go in there in that bubble and put on a shooting clinic. And before that, Anthony Simons during the season was out there getting his own buckets. So I feel like if you put Sadiq Bay in with Portland – I think he could be a nice rotational player going forward with them also. Yeah, I got two more guards. I like Josh Green from Arizona, man. 6'6", 210. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's possibly the second-best defender after uh, Patrick Williams. And he can knock down the three, man. He's going to be a later pick, but I'm not going to say immediate impact, but he's going to make an impact on the team. And then... Lastly, I have Cassius Stanley, man. We've seen him in high school. We've seen him at Duke. 6'6", can shoot. He's a slasher. He's a great open, or not open, what do you want to call that? Fast break dunker. He's a great dunker. Oh, Plus yeah, he's a great transition. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I've seen Gilbert Arenas really talk about him and how he told his father that, Regardless what you do, make sure he goes to the draft after his first year. And he was talking about how he was dogging NBA players in open runs. I've seen Cassius play myself, and he, he's pretty good, man. I, I did hate on him a little bit. I'm able to admit that. But, man, he's going to be nice. And he's 6'6", so perfect NBA body. Yeah, man, I definitely like Cassius. He definitely has the NBA body, the prototype to go out there and, again, make a difference. It just depends on how big of that impact of his difference will be right away. But again, I definitely feel a like team who drafts him, they they got they got a nice one on their hands. Cause again, he's someone who has grown as a player from, from high school to where he is now. Even at this time, you know, seen a couple of games at the Drew League where he's out there guarding and dogging overseas players and, and people who's played in the league. So again, this is a nice draft, I think, going forward even though the names aren't so many household names, but there's definitely some nice players who can make an impact on their teams going forward. And can't wait to see that, man. That's, that's the fun part about this, this draft. And also who's going to get traded. I want to know how long are these picks going to stay with their teams? Yeah, no, nah, that's, that's what everybody's waiting on. Wants to see, man. It, I think that's most important. And then those trades is definitely going to change the draft. And they obviously can't go through, so it's going to be verbal trade. So we're going to see a lot of movement in my eyes. I know we're going to see a lot of movement, especially 
now that we have the salary cap down and we realize that the salary cap is the same as last year, it has not changed. So that's big for, you know, contending teams. It's going to be very, very, very interesting. Definitely. And then since we talking about just, you know, different teams, you know, we can start to transition from the draft back into a little bit more of our season mode. We've seen a couple of teams, you know, bolster their coaching coaching staffs, man. Um, I want to t- touch on one of them real quick. Um, the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks has added Nate McMillan to the coaching staff. Um, give me your thoughts on that one time, man. I, we, those know who know us. They know how we feel about about Nate McMillan on this show, man. But, you know, you know, give me tell me how you feel, man. So, you know how they were saying Jason Kidd could possibly take Frank Vogel's job, and that's why he accepted the assistant job? That's what I see with Nate McMillan, man. Lloyd is in his last year in his contract, and I don't think people are really paying attention to that. So that might be a safety blanket, man, because who knows what coaches are out there next year. So that's what I really see. But I also see discipline with Nate McMillan. The Hawks need discipline. They were a good first-quarter team. They were They were pretty good scoring wise but they didn't play a lick of defense it was really just shootouts with them man so he he can bring the discipline over there and possibly hate help um the hawks in that stance but like i said i think he's a safety blanket man for real for real yeah i think you're right about that man and again before we get a little bit more in depth to this that the atlanta hawks especially lloyd pierce did a great job as far as leading the social injustice message for for black for for the black people, and even him getting the Atlanta Hawks to open that State Farm Arena. Over forty thousand people went to go vote in that in that State Farm Arena. That doesn't happen with a coach like that, with Lord Pierce. But with that being said, like you said, this is a win now league. So he got to start putting some wins up. Yes, it can help having Nate McMillan, but also bite him in the ass also as well. Like you said. Because Nate McMillan should not be out of the head coaching job. I'm sorry. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what Indiana says. No reason why Nate McMillan should be out of a head coaching job in the NBA. Simple as that. It would suck for him to have to take Lloyd Pierce's job. But, again, Lloyd Pierce isn't giving you those results that's needed. Hey, you got the perfect situation right in hand. And it's funny because you said how Jason Kidd, how it happened to Jason Kidd and Frank Vogel. Just happens to the Clippers with Ty Ty Lue and, and uh and Doc Rivers over there. <laughs> Docky, you're out of here. <laughs> yeah, man. It's I mean, that's what happens in the NBA. You gotta pay attention to who the assistant coaches are because they could possibly always take that head coaching job, especially with a head coach that's on the hot seat. It's not always they're gonna randomly bring in somebody mid-year, man. They it's always the interns that can possibly take that. So that's what I really see with that, but Let's talk about the Rockets, man. They they got Jeff Hornacek this uh, yesterday. How do you feel about that? I like that. Yo, I was a I was actually a fan of Jeff Hornacek's man. He did a good he did a great coaching job to me at Phoenix. Again, he was just stuck in that dogged wild wild west. Unfortunately, he just couldn't make the playoffs, even though he had a great year. And he did it with a a crazy three guard lineup. I forgot. I remember it was Dragic, um, who was it Bledsoe and and Isaiah Thomas, if if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, so, again, we've shown that he's a more than capable coach in the league. I don't blame him for what happened in New York because that's just New York. All right, I thought he was a good hire, good fit for them, but they just didn't want to rock with Jeff Hornacek. I'm glad he found his way back into that into the coaching realm. And, again, I do want to see what that mindset, what he has to bring to the table with Steven, and si- with Steven Silas. It seems like 
He's a mad scientist, offensive wizard from the looks of things. And again, they got John Lucas over there, the OG. So again, the the respect of the players are going to be there. So now I definitely want to see going forward as far as what is Houston going to do with their roster in order to fit what Steven Silas has in mind for them. Because the way he's talking, hey, he's in win now mode. And when you have a two MVP, two former MVPs, there's no excuse for you not to make it to the playoffs and, and we want to see some results. Because again, we, we got on Dan Tony for ascending for getting to the second round almost damn near every year, not changing nothing up. So now given everything that he has, hopefully he gets the players that he wants. Let's see, let's see what he can do, man. I, I'm interested. I, I can't wait. I want to see Steven Silas succeed though, but just to a certain extent, of course. Yeah. I'm I mean it's that Jeff Hornacek kind of like made everything level out, if that makes sense. It was kind of like a question mark for Steven, but now I'm I'm like, all right, the Rockets are going to be pretty good. I think they might be better than they have been. Hopefully they get over the hump. But lastly, man, little schedule rumors have been coming up. How you feel about these Lakers versus Warriors on Christmas Day? I am excited. Yo, man, it's funny. You already said that. I'm looking at these NBA, these NBA Christmas Day matchups I got, and I got I got a quick five that I'm not going to spend too much time on. I'll just reel off. Or I actually got about six because it's usually about six games or so. But for the games I got, the first one I got on top of my list, Warriors versus Lakers. All right, we got the potential number two pick if he's there or whoever they flipped that pick for going in with Steph and Clay versus AD and Braun, and then also to be determined because, again, I don't see – the Lakers going another year going forward with just AD and Braun as far as just the top dogs. They're going to find somebody to fit their role. Another matchup I got on here is a potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup between Brooklyn Nets and Miami Heat. I would love to see KD and Kyrie go out there against a Jimmy Butler. Their roster, but we know they still going to be really gritty out there going to make it a dog fight for whoever they play against any given day, any given night, any given matchup, no matter where. So I got that one on there. Also got the Rockets and Mavs. I got Luka versus Harden. That's one I really want to see. Steven Silas gets to coach his old team. Hopefully, again, he has some of the, the pieces to the puzzle he wants in, in place. And again, and I'm going to say this about Luka now, I, he's going to be in that MVP conversation especially for this year with the short year, given his age and his bounce back with the young legs. Luka has a strong chance to win MVP this year. I'm going to say that right now. Another matchup I got, I got the Hawks and Pelicans. I want to see some young bulls go at it. I think Trey Young, I want to see him out there. Probably Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. I want to see what the Hawks would do going forward with their roster. And then the last two I got, Bucks versus Celtics. It's always cool to see Boston play on, on Christmas. Why not against the Celtics again? I mean, I mean, Boston against Milwaukee. Giannis versus and does with their their roster going forward. Again, Jalen Brown's going to take that next step. Marcus Smart, Kimball Walker with that group. And then last but not least, hopefully, I know with the whole COVID situation, everything going on, I would like to see the Clippers versus the 76ers some way, somehow. On Christmas. I was waiting for you to say that. I was you waiting. No, I'm, I'm here for the pettiness, man. I, I want to see it. I am here for it. Yeah, it has to happen. 
But yeah, man, tell, talk to me, man. Who who you got some of your, some of your matchups, man? Because again, this, this is the fun part of the year, man. NBA, NBA Christmas is always fun. Never a dull moment. Well, you damn near hit it right on the nail. I thought you were going to leave out the Clippers. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hate. I want to see Clippers versus Sixers. <laughs> I, got, I got that. The only thing I would tweak, possibly, is I kind of want to see. I seen somebody tweet this, and it kind of, like, was fun to me. I want to see Warriors versus Nets, actually. I actually and switched that matchup. I, I had that one, but I was like, is the NBA going to do the schedule thing? I was like, no, let's keep them on the East Coast for right now. But I that's but I'll let you keep going, man. I want to see that, too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, KD plays his old team, the team everybody says he needed. Kyrie gets to go against Curry, which everybody always loves to see. So that's self-explanatory. I have Lakers in Boston for obvious reasons, the rivalry. We both have 17 now. There's a little storyline behind it. Jason Tatum is a young rook that's supposed to take over the league. L- little things like that. Um, Mavericks and Rockets, I- I'd keep that. Possibly Portland. But Mavericks and Rockets is, is a good matchup. I did forget about Portland. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Portland in one of those in one of those two teams' roles. That'll be a good one too. Yeah, probably probably Portland and Pelicans. I I could see them pu- pulling off. I don't really see the Hawks making Christmas Day. It it would be a cool storyline, but I don't know. It does. Nah, Timberwolves ain't going. I was about to say, does the number one pick get a Christmas game? But nah, it's, it's not going to happen. I I'm don't know. I think. I think the rest of them were pretty good, man. I'd probably just add Portland over the Hawks. But other than that, I like the matchups. I really am intrigued to see uh, the Warriors versus the Nets, though. I think that would be must-see TV. I think that should be the game right before the Lakers, so probably the one thirty game. The Lakers be the 4-30. Facts. I think the Clippers will probably be the seven thirty game. And obviously the Bucks are always that early morning game, so, you know. Whatever to them, Bucks play whoever y'all want to put them against. But those are the two matchups I want to see. I think opening day, we're probably going to get Lakers and Clippers, which we don't want anymore. But right, it's probably going to happen unless, you know, something in the schedule changes. But those Christmas games are going to be way more interesting, man. It's going to be fun to watch for sure. Definitely, man. I can't wait, man. This, you know, we got our data intact. You know, everybody – was asking about it, including us, and now now we here. So definitely, so much to look forward to going forward in the league, man. And then just really quick, just I'm, I'm not gonna spend too much time on it. Um, Toronto, they're kind of left without a place to play right now. You know, Canada has been taking COVID very serious. They're not allowing anybody from outside of Canada inside their country. Again, hey, I can't blame them for that because if you go look at their COVID numbers. They damn near don't have any. So, hey, so I got two places that I would like to see Toronto play their basketball during the the um, the 2020-2021 NBA seasons. And it's just real simple, just really quick. I got Seattle as a number one place only because we know the rich basketball history they have there. It'll be cool to see Seattle have basketball again, even though right now fans wouldn't be able to attend. However, It'll be dope to see Seattle have a team again. And then also just because they are also from the East Coast and it'll be easier for them. Let's put the we could put we could put the um, Toronto Raptors in New Jersey. I wouldn't mind seeing that also as well. Not too far in them as far as a commute. You still keep them on the Eastern Conference 
Jersey would like to have that basketball basketball team still back in the Brick City. So that would be also cool to see. I just know I don't want to see the Toronto Raptors in Kentucky at all. And that's for off-the-court reasons. They don't deserve to have any type of basketball, positive revenue income coming to Kentucky at all. Yeah, nah. Um, I was going to ask you, does Seattle have a stadium? That's my number one, too. Seattle has to be it just because of what you said, rich basketball history, and everybody wants to see them have a team again, so that'd be dope to see. But in all honesty, I probably see them playing in uh, the Walt Disney, whatever you want to call it, arena in Orlando because I was like a safety net. So they're probably not going to be able to get a city with probably like permits and all that. I don't really know how that works, but I think Orlando or the Las Vegas arena is probably going to be their choice just because those things are probably easier for them, especially since the WNBA plays in the that Las Vegas arena. I think it's called the T-Mobile Center. But it, yep. it just makes the most sense. Yeah, so I honestly, I, I'm 80% sure they're, they're going to play in Orlando and play in that um, bubble arena, whatever you want to call that. Yeah, I think they might keep them on the East Coast just because they are East Coast teams, so they'll try to find something that's that's best fitable for that. So, again, they might be looking at that. And, again, the NBA has shown that we've ran – Summer League in Vegas, they've done USA basketball there. So, again, that's also another intriguing spot. I want to say that Seattle has the Key West Arena. I may be wrong about the name on it, but I'm sure that's where the Seattle Storm plays their games. So maybe they can also use that arena if that was an option. But, again, those two right there, Las Vegas, um, Orlando, Seattle, would love to see it, man. Yeah, man. I mean, that's probably – it should be number one on their list because that's a whole team, but that's probably low on the NBA's list. Like, we probably won't hear about that until right before the season starts. Yeah, I'm sure between where that that free agency training camp opens up, we'll hear something right in between there. I thought like it makes yeah. the most sense. Yeah, I don't know. Um, lastly, do you think – the NBA rules in the Lakers' favor when it comes to Dang's contract. Because we've heard the, the news. There's an NBA insider that went on Lakers Nation's podcast, and he wasn't like some beat writer. He's an actual NBA insider. And he said that as of right now, that grievance is low on the NBA's list of getting things done. Obviously, the NBA starting back up was the number one list. That's out the way. The CBA was number two on the list. Now that's out the way because they've agreed upon it. But they had a couple more things. We just mentioned the team, the Raptors um, possibly playing somewhere else or having to play somewhere else. So it's a lot of things they got to get done. Do you think they get it done before free agency hits? I think it may be a little bit of time. I'll probably say the the free agents are allowed to sign um, November 22nd. Ideally, I would say hopefully they can get things done before Thanksgiving. So everybody everybody should want to get things done before Thanksgiving so they can go home, enjoy <laughs> themselves for a little bit. And so far, the NBA and the NBPA, as far as player associations, everybody's been on the same page of things. So I'm going to continue to hold hold in hope and say yes. So just just for our sakes, please be yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's crazy. I'm, I'm pretty sure you know. But I really didn't know this. I'm going to be real. 
I didn't know that his contract is only going towards our luxury tax and not the actual salary cap. So it's not like we're getting an open $5 million. So with that being said, that still works in trades because we can go over the luxury tax. So did you know that? I did know a little bit about that. I seen, I want to say Bobby Marks um, yeah. tweet about that a little bit. But I did know I did know about that. So that's why I'm like, I hope it kicks in in our favor because we're not worried about that luxury tax. The Lakers are making that. We the Lakers. We don't have no problem making up no luxury tax. So hopefully it looks like it may work in our favor. I'm sure a lot of teams may vote against it because of who we are. So it wouldn't surprise me at that either. But Adam Silver's going to do the right thing, man. I feel like he's going to abide by the Lakers no matter what just because he's a fair guy. Yeah, best commissioner in sports, man. I don't care what nobody says. Cosign. Yeah, man, but this is another great one, man. We we touched on a lot, man. We touched on a lot, and we already know that this season is going to be a lot. There's a lot of storylines. The draft, the trades, the coaches, the players opting in again. It's, it's going to be a lot to this season. I'm really looking forward to it, man. Same here, man. And once again, man, we want to thank everybody who's out there listening, everybody who supports the podcast. Rather, you listen, tell a friend, you tell your followers, tell, tell your mama, you tell your son, your daughter, hey, we appreciate it, man. And again, we're here to teach, lead the youth in the right direction. We protect, support all of our black women, no matter what. All right. Love is love, man. Luke Foy, you want to say anything to the people before we get out of here? Yeah, man. Salute to y'all. Love is love. You know, we here, man. We're going to keep going. We pushing this. More things coming soon, man. Tap in with us. Yes, yeah, sir. If you guys have any feedback, anything you guys want to talk about, questions or anything, hey, man, let us know. Oh, yeah, Luke Four, one of our listeners out there, I forgot to tell you, we got a, a, a cool little invitation to – to the um to their their fantasy basketball league, man. If you wanna if you wanna think about joining in, man. That's crazy. I was making my return, man. I hated fantasy basketball, but <laughs> yo, if a listener wants us to join, I'm I'm with it. You know me, man. Let's get it. There we go, man. So we'll definitely speak speak off camera about that another time. But once again, man, hey, thank you guys. We appreciate you guys. We'll tap in with you guys next week. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.